This is Bridging the Gap with your host, Matt Reiner. Hello there, and thank you again for joining us for another episode of Bridging the Gap. Hopefully you and yours are doing well, staying safe, and hopefully business continues to grow for you. I really appreciate you taking time out of your busy day to spend it here with us on Bridging the Gap. We're really uh, appreciative of that, and we understand that you have other things you could be doing. Whether you're driving in the car, you could be on the phone, or if you're in the office, you could be in a meeting, or if you're on a run, you could just be listening to music, but instead, you're listening to us here at Bridging the Gap, and, and we're really appreciative of that. And Bridging the Gap is, you know, it's a podcast where we're looking to help financial advisors and the entire wealth management industry really bridge the gap between where the industry in our business is today and where our industry will be in the future. We want to ensure that we stay up with the trends, stay up with the innovation, and, and ultimately evolve our businesses to ensure the best experience for our clients in the years to come. That's the goal of Bridging the Gap. And we started this podcast to really take some of the experiences that, that I had in my past, sitting in the same seats as advisors and, and working with clients. And I wanted to create a podcast that had a voice and was a community that strives to create a positive future change and continued progression with the advisor-client relationship. And, and I wanted to always have client experience in mind when it comes to this. And no, there's no better way than creating a community of advisors, industry professionals, and sharing thoughts, views, and ideas. And, and that's the way that we can create change. And we want to utilize people that are within the industry and have understandings of what goes on in a day to day. But we also want to bring in thoughts and ideas and thought leaders from outside of this industry to help us rethink the way that we do business today. Because maybe there's other ways for us to evolve and, and enhance the value and the services and the experience that we provide to our clients. And we hope listeners take one or two action items away from every podcast. That's the ultimate goal. Can you take one or two things? Maybe it changes the way you think about your business or your strategy or or your processes or your workflows or your technology. Or maybe it's something that you can go and actually implement. Maybe it's a an email cadence or a, a way to use video or a way to use podcasting and you're able to implement it tomorrow and you're able to better your business and better your experience and better your your services and your value. That's what we hope you take away from these podcasts. And so, you know, community, as you know, is benefited by having multiple opinions. We need more and more opinions that are frequently listening and contributing and, and, and talking. And that's the way that we build it. And so the more value that comes from this podcast is based on the more people that are part of the community. And you know, our goal is to create positive and innovative change for this industry together. And what that means is that there's going to be people that may not agree with everything that we say on the podcast. And they may not agree with everybody's opinions in the community. And that's okay. Be okay sharing differing opinions because we are going to become better as both individuals professionally and as an industry by having differentiated views. And it's we don't need everybody thinking the same, but we need to hear everybody and be okay accepting some different opinions. And, and that's what we hope. And so the goal to be able to do that is that we need to continue to, you know, to share this podcast, share the community, share your opinions. So follow us, mattreiner.com. Follow this podcast, Bridging the Gap. Subscribe on whatever podcasting app that you utilize, whether that's Apple Podcasts or Spotify, whatever it is. And subscribe to our newsletter at mattreiner.com. 
get part of this community, share it with others that you know that you think can benefit from this community. And let's build this community together and let's start making positive change even bigger and better than ever before in this industry that we all love. And so today where I wanted to start is, you know, it's, it's just maybe more of a emotional feeling, touchy feely type of podcast today because, you know, markets are emotional. Money causes people to be irrational. And as a financial advisor, being within the wealth management business, it's our job to manage both emotions and potential irrationality. We are psychologists that helps people with their money. It's not the other way around. Psychologists is, is, there's a reason I said it that way. We are psychologists that help people with their money. Money is the last word. Psychologist is, is, is the first major word in that sentence. And there's a purpose for that because we are psychologists. And in 2020 was a year that we had to really show this. Some teams did an amazing job doing, you know, focusing on that psychologist aspect. And some teams saw an opportunity to grow. Maybe they didn't do it as well as they wanted to, or as well as others that they saw did. But we are psychologists. And you know, I, I always think about when I when I talk to advisors about this, I always think back to, you know, an analogy that I, I used in my days with as a financial advisor. And and I tend to think of doctors and some experiences that I've had in the past. And and I think experiences that all of us can relate to. So the, the experience and the story goes like this, right? We head to the doctor because we're feeling something. Maybe it's like a chest pain or or a migraine that just doesn't go away and we can't get away or a cough that we have that just continues to go on. And it's our first time really having it this way, right? Having the chest pain or having a headache for this long. It's our first time experiencing it. And, and so we head to the doctor with the silliness and, and we likely have gone on WebMD already or Googled our, our, our symptom. And WebMD told us that we, we had you know, this really deadly disease and you know we are really freaked out. So we're already nervous and now we're more freaked out. We head to the doctor hoping to get some clarity on what's going on and what, when is it going to end? What's the future of this, right? What, what is the future of state of us? Is this ever going to go away? Do I have to learn to live with it? Is there medicine? Do I have to have surgery? Oh my gosh, I've got all these things going through my head. And so the doctor comes in, does some small chit chat, really not, you know, they're not verbose. It's not really lengthy. Looks at you, does some examinations. You're wondering, oh gosh, has he seen something or whatnot? And he tells you, you'll be fine. And that's it. Maybe you get an antibiotic, but likely he leaves the room and says, just rest and you'll be fine. It'll go away. And you're sitting there just wondering, wait, what? Why? How, how do you know? Explain to me a little bit more this isn't normal. This is not normal. You don't get it, doc. I need more. There's something going on here. It's not just going to go away. And you're sitting with some frustration. And, and the, the point of this is, is that doctors aren't really empathetic. As much as they're dealing with you, they just don't have the time to sit there and explain everything to you because in reality, they should sit there and help you understand why you're feeling this way and why they feel so confident that you're going to be okay. Help you understand why they are feeling so good about your prognosis, why you are feeling so concerned. But that takes empathy. And the reason that the doctors are so confident is because they've seen it hundreds and maybe even thousands of times. They've seen people come in just like you, worried out of their mind about what's going to happen. 
and then be okay. And so they've 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 seen it and they've experienced it, but you are only going through it for your first time and you only go through it hopefully once. But they've seen it hundreds of times. And the the ability to be able to explain why they're so confident without just saying I've seen it before you're going to be fine, but really helping you understand it and understand where you are in this process mentally, that's a skill. And that's something that needs to be really train yeah train yourself and you've got to spend time it takes time and commitment to understand how to go about figuring that out for you as a advisor as a doctor and that leads us to where we as an advisor can learn from that story individuals come to us as a financial advisor a wealth manager and they, they have fears, they have worries, but they also have goals and mainly their goal is retirement. And they're worried whether they're going to be able to get reach retirement and be able to live through retirement. And there's so much content and data and information out there that scares individuals that they are not going to be able to have enough money to retire. They're going to have to work forever. I need $5 million and I only have 250000 I'm never going to be able to get there. That's not going to happen. Did you read this article on CNBC? Look, Bloomberg is saying this. I'm never going to be able to do it. Wrong. They're fearful because they only go through retirement once. They only experience it once. They see others from the outside, but they don't know what's going on in the personal side of retirement. And so they don't know how to do it. And that's what they're looking to an advisor to do. But as financial advisors, we're fortunate. We're able to sit in this seat to where we are able to see hundreds and maybe thousands of people go from their saving peak earning years to retirement to ultimately generational transfer of wealth where they pass the money on. We're able to see this. We're able to see that it works and we're able to see multiple different situations and how both the person that was fearful and had to really cramp down and save was able to get there. And then the person that was you know, really doing well was able to continue to live on what they they never thought they would be able to, we're able to see these examples and these scenarios. And it's up to us to help our clients feel the confidence in, in, in the way that we believe that they're going to be okay. It's up to us to help them feel that way. And, 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 it's, and we have to navigate them and we have to handhold them. And that is where our job as psychologists is so important, right? That's why psychologists is, is before managing money. The managing money aspect, we are really, really good at, right? As financial advisors, we understand it and we're good at it. But we ultimately know that the success of a financial plan and of an investment strategy is determined based on the decisions and the actions of the individual. And so as a financial advisor, we have to keep them from doing silly things with their financial situation or with their plan because of market volatility or concern or worry or a headline, God forbid, on a news on a news station, in in years like 2020 when there was an or it's absolute hysteria, right? I mean, you had ups, you had downs, you had ups, you had downs. Why would my out underperforming? Why am I out? all of that, right? We had market volatility, we had a pandemic, we had a heated and divided election, and people wanted to retire. What does that equal? Nerves, nervousness. I mean, everybody was nervous during that year. And so the question comes to how do we help clients through these times? How do we put their minds at ease, right? How are we able to, Matt? You're saying, I need to help them understand how I feel. How are we able 
to do that? How do we help them see what we're seeing without telling them, well, client, Jim and Joe Smith, you know, they did X and, and Mary Jane did Y. And how do we help them see that? And, you know, I, I think that the one thing that you cannot do, let's start there, right? The one thing that I believe that advisors should not do and cannot do to help with this situation is to spew out all of this economic and market data and make themselves sound really, really smart. The best thing that advisors can do is make their whole philosophy seem so simple to the, to the client. Because advisors tend to go down this route to try to confuse the client because they're using all these big words and this big information and data and all of this. And the client walks away and they, they're just eyes are glossed over. They don't get it. They get confused and they may be impressed because you know all this stuff, but they're not comfortable at all. Their questions were not answered. They're just now more confused than ever. And they know that you're really smart, but they aren't comfortable. And that's not a win, right? That's not a win to help them navigate what we know is going to be challenges. We know markets are going to go up. We know markets are going to go down. We know people are going to face fearful times when they near retirement. It's always harder for them just to say, they, they can talk about it five years before, before them to actually go in and retire and now have no income. That's hard. And those first few years are really difficult when they're retired to help them navigate that. And so this is a human business. Emotions are part of it. And we, although it may not be inside our core skill set because we're numbers people analytical, we have to be better at understanding emotions and being empathetic with our clients. We have to be empathetic with our clients because it's those types of advisors that I've seen that have been really, really successful, right? They've been really empathetic. Their clients just feel and understand and they're raw with them, right? This is why you're feeling this way. I feel this way too, right? We are not superheroes. We are financial advisors and we are also worried with when the markets go down, right? We're invested. We, even though we know that the markets will come back, you're, you're crazy to think that you've never felt uneasy, you know, whether it was 2008, 2009, whether it was, you know, March of the pandemic that, uh-oh, is this really going to turn around this time? We all feel that way. We have to be you know, realistic with our, our clients. They, they like that. And so the way you do this is that we use analogies. We use analogies to help relate to people and help them gain a clear understanding of why we are so confident and why we believe that they will reach their goals and why we believe that they'll make it through a market correction or that they will be able to have enough money in retirement. You have to use analogies to help them relate what this uncomfortable doesn't necessarily understand because it's their first time going through to something that they have done. It's the same thing that we, we, we sometimes do with kids and it can be both a, a detriment, but in this time it can be beneficial is that this is like X or this is like Y. Help them you know, understand that this is like a scenario that they've been through in the past so that they can tie to that and help them get through this period of time because you know as the objective voice in the sounding board that they will get through it. And I think that the overall takeaway about you know, using analogies and, and how to really connect with, with other individuals. I, I, there's this really great quote um, from a book that I recently read called Get Out of Your Own Way. It was a really good book. And it's one of those books that you don't have to read straight through. You can just read a couple of different chapters, you know, the, whatever chapters kind of are, are most intriguing to you. But it's a really great book. And, and there's a quote in there. It was in, uh, I think it was in chapter four. 
But it said, empathy is a priceless commodity because it invariably diffuses hostility. It is psychologically impossible to be angry at someone if, at the same time, you feel what he or she is feeling. Now you say, well, Matt, like, where, where does that come from in this situation? Well, a lot of people, when they, when they come in and they're nervous and they're scared or they're worried, they tend to be on edge. And they tend to be somewhat kind of antsy and angry and and they and they may they, they just feel uncomfortable and that that tends to make them just on edge and so if they're going to come at you and if you go at them to try to tell them they're wrong that's wrong, that's the wrong way of dealing with the situation if you say hey just this isn't the, you're thinking the wrong way nobody wants to hear that right or or they they you say just just trust me things are going to be good nobody wants to hear that but if you can help them feel why you are confident the market's going to go up or why they're going to be able to make it through retirement, even though this is going on in the world. If you can help them feel that, then that starts to lower kind of that, that shield that they have up, that they're so angry. And they're now questioning whether the strategy is right because they saw it or they talked to XYZ person or whatever it may be. You got to lower that shield. And the way you do that is to help them feel what you're feeling. And the way that you help them feel the way that you're feeling is you use analogies and stories that they can relate to. Use analogies and stories that they can relate to, that they can hinge on, and that you can build upon to help them get through that time. One of the one of the stories that I used to uh, I tend to use, and it's around kind of volatility of portfolios and income, is is this house example, and and people tend to, to hinge on that, and I, I always liken it back to you know a, a stock paying a dividend is similar to you know owning a house. And having a lifelong tenant in there, right? If the house value goes up, are you going to increase your rent? Likely not. If the house value goes down, are you going to lower your rent? Heck no. They're still going to pay the same rent. And as long as that person is, is still in the house, they're going to continue to pay that dividend. And that's similar to how dividends and stocks pay, right? Just because the stock price goes up doesn't mean they're raising the dividend. Just because there's volatility in the markets and the price is down doesn't mean they're, they're going to lower their dividend. If you know the company is quality and is going to stay there, and they and all of the other information is there, then they feel comfortable with it. And that story alone resonates with something that they understand. They may not understand dividends and stocks and how cash flow works within a company, and that's okay. That's not their core competency. But they do understand rent and houses because they've either rented before, they paid a mortgage before, they get it. They get that. And so now they're able to relate. Now they can hang on that. And that's something you can always go back to. And if you have this constant kind of story and analogies that you can go to, you start building people this comfort and, and, and you can start helping them feel and understand why you feel confident in it. That's why I feel that the company's going to continue to pay dividends. Now you're starting to feel what I'm feeling and why I feel confident. This isn't an easy thing, right? And, and nobody's going to be perfect at it and nobody's going to do it well every time, right? This takes us out of, as advisors, out of our comfort zone, out of analyzing stocks and analyzing the market and reading market commentary and all that to where we have to now start to understand humans and feelings and emotions. And uh, that's not what we want. We want analysis. One plus one equals two. So it's difficult for financial advisors. But I think that it's really, really important for us to do to help our clients make it through these tough situations and get to the other side and, and, and see the results of what you see day in and day out, because that's the most rewarding thing. When, they, when, when you finally get them to the point where it's you know, 10 years in retirement, 
they, you know, they, they've been able to, you know, live a happy life and their investments are still doing fine. And they're like, wow, this is great. Like that's really rewarding. Right. And we want to help them, uh, get there. And so, you know, with this type of philosophy, I'm going to just tell you that it's, it's going to fall. You're going to have stories and analogies that you think are going to be great and they're just going to fall flat, right? It's just not going to work with clients. And your first one likely will not work. I've had many of them not work and I tried it and it like I, I, I stopped talking and, and I said it and then I just like I was in this conversation and I was like, that made no sense to me either. Like, what the heck did I just say? And that's okay. And the client kind of looks at you and you just continue to go on and you can even make a joke about it. Like, well, that didn't work. We can keep going. Being transparent and honest and, and just like in, in, in lowering your shield will help them lower their shield and will help this relationship go. And what I suggest is don't let those ones that fall flat keep you from trying to do it again. Keep iterating. Why did it fall flat? Where did you think you messed up? Where does it not make sense? Put some thought into that and then go back at it. This is your ability. And it's something that I always talk about in firms. And the best firms have done this really well. And that's develop a culture of learning, right? This is your ability as an individual to develop your own culture of learning. Because what I say to firms that have a great culture of learning or that don't have a good culture of learning that want a great culture of learning is be okay with failing, be okay with doing something wrong and go and figure out why you did it wrong, iterate it and try it again. And don't just shy away from it because it feels you know, uncomfortable. Do it, learn from it, do it again, learn from it again, and then you're going to continue to build a better firm. You're going to have more inspired individuals in the firm. You're going to have a better client experience over time. It's just the way that it needs to be in a culture of learning. This is your opportunity to do that. And, you know, I, I, I've had multiple of the, these fall flat. Like I said, I've used the, I use the doctor analogy a lot. And that one actually worked with, you know, I, I, there was, I remember vividly, I had a, a prospect come in this is when we were meeting in offices and I, it was a husband and, and the wife and the wife was doing all the talking and the husband was just sitting there just looking at me. Yeah. You know, I, I, maybe I look too young or I don't know what it is. And in my past, I'd be like, well, he thinks I don't have enough knowledge because I'm too young, but I had confidence and I always have had confidence and I knew that I, I could help this couple. And so the spouse, the, the wife was talking, she's a really, really nice lady, great lady. And I, I could see that the husband wasn't really engaged. And so he did say something though. He said, you know, we're looking for comfort in a relationship or maybe the wife said that, you know, we want a more comfortable relationship with our advisor and, and comfortable with our strategy. And then I said, wow, that's an interesting opportunity. And the spouse was a doctor. The husband was a doctor. And so I went right into my, my doctor analogy. I said, you know, you know, his name wasn't Jim, but I'll use Jim as the name. Jim, you know, when, when you're a doctor, you know, you, you saw tons of, of illnesses and some people came to you for the first time really worried. And and you had to help them. You had to help them understand why they're going to be okay. But you've seen it hundreds of times. And I said, well, in my situation, you know, y'all are worried about retirement, and and I'm going to be here to help be the the, the develop the relationship. We're going to create a partnership. But I'm going to have to do a really good job of helping you understand why you're going to be okay because you're going to come to me worried and scared, and the market's going to go up and down. And I'm going to have to help you understand that. And that's what my goal is. That's what my job is, is to help you do that. The investment side of it, yes, we can do. But this is what my real job is, is to help you navigate through. And something just clicked with him at that, right? He started to engage more. He started to pay attention. He started to interact. And, and it was because he started to feel, I was able to relate to him and resonate with him. And I was able to help him because he was having a tough time feeling why, what I was feeling. I was able to help him feel what I was feeling. 
and they ended up signing up and it was and it's been a great relationship but those are types of situations that it just you got to figure out how to how to resonate and sometimes you have to learn more about your clients you have to spend time really understanding what are their hobbies what are they like what are they not like what resonates what doesn't resonate and that takes time and yes you know your clients really well but you may have to start documenting it and start really analyzing that to help build your analogies that you have um, going forward and and so you know it, it does work and it's a way for us to be the handhold clients through tough standard situations and it's a way to handle client reactions to market events are being scared. And that's the biggest thing. That's what we have to do as financial advisors. And so here's four things that we can do, right? Here's four action items that we can take away and start trying to do. And I start with the simple one, you know, use analogies, right? Instead of lecturing, criticizing, or an intellectualizing, which, you know, I think of advisors just spewing their market and fundamental investment knowledge, try using analogies that will help the other person feel what you feel. And, and this is this comes from the same book, Get Out of Your Own Way, right? This comes from that book. Why do you feel so comfortable? And why are you okay with things? Use analogies to help them feel that way, right? Help the other person feel what you feel. Analogies help people to understand and they get it. Everyone has been in with experiences with a doctor. They can relate to that. Find other analogies like that, that are kind of your just go-to analogies. And I, I think that that's a great way to start. Next, you know, create two generic analogies. Create one around how how to get people off the ledge when they're worried about the markets. Why are the markets going to come back? Create an analogy that can help them with that. And then create another analogy for those that are worried about being able to make it through retirement. You know that that's going to be a question. If you haven't received that question yet, you will. Why? I'm not going to be able to make, I'm not going to have enough money to get through retirement. I need so much more money. Help create an analogy to help people understand why you feel that every person can have different amounts of money and still have a good retirement. So create one for each of those. So that's two generic analogies that you can just have in your pocket and start using them. So during your next call, this is number three, during your next call with a worried client, use that analogy. Just try it. Just go out and just try it. Don't, don't overthink it. Create an analogy in that second bullet point. It may not be work right, but just create it and go try it on your next call and see what happens. See if the client gets it, see what their reaction is, see if they understand, and then also see what happens in the future. Are they going to continue to call you, right? Keep that in your mind so you can understand and analyze. Now you get to go into what you love, which is the analyzation, analyzing of all these situations. And the fourth thing is, is if you're not really good at creating analogies or storytelling or whatever it may be, then if you still want to focus on being more empathetic, then be curious ask questions. This is something that I got from a, a leadership development coach that was so powerful and helpful was the idea of just being curious. That's what's, that shows empathy, right? Everybody thinks empathetic is you know, touchy-feely, but just asking questions can make you be such an empathetic person. Be curious. And don't just add like a list of questions that you're just going to go through. Ask the question, listen to their answer and build with more questions based on their answers. And that shows that you care. It shows empathy. And these aren't questions to help you prove a point, right? These aren't questions to help you to prove that you were right about the markets. It's to say, why are you scared about the markets? What is the worst case scenario in your mind? And then go in with this other aspect to say, how do you suggest solving for that? What would make you feel better? And listen to them and ask more questions to get better clarification and then provide them options. People like to have ownership and partnership in these situations and showing empathy by asking questions and understanding and then providing them options based on what you heard 
lets them see, wow, all right, I feel so much better. I made this decision. They've heard me. I voiced it. And now I'm able to kind of make a choice based on what was heard. And and there's just power in that in terms of empathy with curiosity. And, and it's a great way to kind of handhold and, and help people back themselves off the ledge and hopefully train them over time how to back themselves off the ledge when things are, are, are scary. And especially those that are in retirement, when there's market volatility, you have to do this. So it's, it's not, it doesn't just end with growing to retirement, helping them understand market volatility there, and then helping them understand that they'll have enough money and then you're done because then you have market volatility while they're in retirement and they're like, well, I can't go to work anymore. How am I going to continue to live? Is all my money going to go away? Those are types of questions that you have to answer as well. So I'll close this up. Everybody's got something to get back to. And, and, and again, I appreciate you taking time to, to join us here on, on the podcast. But I, I love this quote from Graham Greene. No human being can really understand another and no one can arrange another's happiness. Right? Don't try to force your clients to understand why they should feel comfortable or be confident. And don't ever tell them, just trust me. Help them feel why you're confident, why you're comfortable, why you feel that things are going to be okay with them. The best advisors I have met are extremely empathetic. They're extremely curious. They're extremely empathetic. They're extremely good at using analogies to help people understand really complex or, or, or worrisome types of topics. They help you feel what they feel, and they tend to spend more time with their clients talking about their clients' feelings and challenges and worries in less time talking about the portfolio, the markets, and performance. And so, you know, we if you're listening to this podcast, you're a great advisor, right? You do your job amazing. And you're listening to this podcast to find those small incremental ways to be better because you're great. And you're now just trying to find a few different ways to be better at your job. And if you're not an advisor, you're just in the industry, you're just trying to find a way to be better you know, stewards in this industry and, and help advisors or be better at your job. And you're already great at what you do. And so if you want to take yet another step towards being great, even greater, I think that starting to find ways to be even more empathetic and utilizing analogies is going to be a great starting point for continued growth. You're going to see that aha moment just like I have, and it's going to be amazing. And you're going to continue to build it. And you're going to start to build this into a lot of your, all of your communications and all of your relationships. And the idea of trying to really help people feel what you feel is a great place to start to build any relationship. And financial advice and wealth management is a, re- is a relationship business. And so empathy is a great place to start. To everyone listening, please have a great rest of your day. Stay well, be safe. Please be sure to like this podcast, share this podcast if you took something away from it. Please let me know what you want to hear more of or what you, didn't dis- what you disagreed with or what you agreed with. Let's start a conversation and let's build continue to build a great industry and let's make it better and better every single day. Thanks for tuning in to this week's episode of Bridging the Gap. Don't forget to give us a rating and let us know what you think. 